am I? How tough am I? I had a bowl of nails for breakfast this morning. <laughs> yes, so? Without any milk. Welcome once again, Naylor fans, to another edition of the Toolbox and our Central Division Preview Series. I'm your host, DJ Abicella, and the team that we highlight this week came off of a 50-win season last year, but a second-round exit in the Kelly Cup playoffs. It's the Toledo Walleye. Joining us later in the program is their broadcaster, Matt Melzack. But before we get into the nuts and bolts of how this year's Walleye team will look, let's paint you a picture of the history of hockey in Toledo. This will be the 10th season for the Toledo Walleye. Toledo became the Walleye in 2009 when hockey returned to the city and the Huntington Center was open for the first time. Prior to the Walleye, Toledo did have hockey in the ECHL and had a great rivalry with Wheeling, both in the Thunderbird days and the Naylor days, as Toledo had the Storm from 1991 to 2007 playing out of the Toledo Sports Arena. That time between the sports arena and the Huntington Center of course did not have any hockey professionally in Toledo but as I mentioned earlier 2009 it's been the walleye since then. Toledo also had the International Hockey League with four different teams. The Toledo Mercuries from 1947 to 1962, the Toledo Blades from 1963 to 1970, the Toledo Hornets from 1970 to 1974 and the Toledo Gold Diggers from 1974 to 1986. When the Walleye started in 2009, they started out very slow as they missed the playoffs three times and lost in the first round twice. However, since then, it has been completely the opposite as the last four years of Walleye hockey, the team has been a powerhouse. Four straight division titles from 2014-15 to this past year with win totals of 50, 47, 51, and 50. They reached the conference final twice in 2015 when they lost in triple overtime of Game 7 at home to the South Carolina Stingrays. That was after South Carolina had taken a 3-0 series lead. Toledo had to battle back to force that Game 7 before Joe Devin's triple OT goal sent the Stingrays on to the final. And then in 2017, the Walleye lost in the conference final round to the eventual Kelly Cup champion Colorado Eagles. Very similar to the Nailers when it comes to the affiliation. And you look at the teams in the Central Division, when it comes to the affiliations, I think Toledo is the most similar to Wheeling as the Walleye have a fantastic relationship with the Detroit Red Wings in the NHL and the Grand Rapids Griffins in the AHL. They have been with the Walleye since the start, and that affiliation even goes back into the Storm days. And you can always depend on Toledo having at least one affiliated goaltender from the Red Wings or the Griffins plus some other impact players, and we'll ask Matt in our interview who he expects to see coming from that pipeline this season. The head coach of the Walleye is Dan Watson, a terrific human being, and there aren't many head coaches in this league where you can't say that about, but Dan, certainly a wonderful guy to work with. It's going to be his third season as the head coach of the Walleye. His first two seasons, the record, as you can imagine, with those win totals I told you earlier, off the charts, 101 wins, 34 losses, and 9 
nine overtime or shootout losses in his first two seasons as the head coach. He was also the interim head coach at the end of the 2013-2014 season after Nick Vitucci was let go. And let's call a spade a spade. You couldn't judge him based on that 13-14 run. That was not a good team. They worked hard, but they did not have the pieces that they've had the last four years. A new culture was since created when Derek Lalone came in in 2014. But Watson, he is a Toledo guy at heart. He was the assistant coach of the team from 2009 up until the Lalone era. Then he became the associate head coach in ultimately earning himself the job as the head coach. He even played for the Toledo Storm, Dan Watson did, in 2006-2007 to end his playing career. There are no former Nailers on this coming year's Toledo team as of yet. Not sure if there will be any that trickle through in the coming weeks before the season gets underway. There was one last year. That was Christian Hilbrick, who signed in Europe earlier this summer. They do have two players still left from their core that started in 2014. That's A.J. Jenks and Shane Burschback. But Toledo has also done a good job, as it seems like they always do, in the free agent market, mainly acquiring a big one who we'll talk in the interview with as well, and that is Matt Register, the reigning defenseman of the year and a three-time-in-a-row Kelly Cup champion. The all-time series since it's been walleye in 2009, it is a 40-33 edge for Toledo. However, the Nailers have had the upper hand, winning 24-16 at West Banco Arena, although the Huntington Center has not been a fun place for us to go, as Toledo has a 24-9 advantage on home ice. There was also one playoff series in 2015. Toledo won that in Game 7 overtime, despite being a 35-point favorite, the Nailers were able to push Toledo to that seventh game. A little bit of information from the Storm days when the Nailers and the Thunderbirds both played against Toledo. There were 133 overall meetings between those two, 73-60 to 60 in favor of Toledo and four playoff series in which the Storm came out on top in three out of the four. There are eight head-to-head meetings on tap this season, and this is the first one that we've talked about in our previews that is even in terms of home and away. Four games at West Banco Arena, four at Huntington Center. The party gets started at home for the Nailers on Education Day, November the 13th. Then the Nailers will be at home once again on November 24th. Series shifts to Toledo on December the 8th. Then they will play twice in the same week, first in Wheeling on January 3rd, then in T-Town on January 5th. Back to Toledo twice in March on the 1st and the 16th. And then we wrap it up the final weekend of the regular season with the Friday night home game, April 5th between the Nailers and the Walleye at West Banco Arena. For a more in-depth look at the Toledo Walleye, we bring in the voice of the Walleye, Matt Melzack. And out of all the broadcasters in the league, he is by far the busiest one in the summer months as he gets a chance to call games for the Toledo Mudhens, AAA affiliate of the Detroit Tigers. And Matt, the Mudhens had a real nice season, reaching the playoffs for the first time in 2007. Was that one of your most fun summers in a while? It certainly was, DJ. I mean, we had a great run last year to get to a game under 500, which was kind of fun right at the end of the year. But this year, that team jumped out to a 37-20 and record, thought, oh, my goodness, you know. As, as someone who's never called a championship in either sport, I thought, oh, man, this team, the way they're rolling, then had quite the baseball slide to get all the way down to 500 at one point in August. Looked like they weren't going to make it, and then – went on an unbelievable finish, winning 11 out of 14, lost the last game, but after they had clinched the 
the Iowa West championship. We got to get into the playoffs, call some playoff games. Unfortunately, it only lasted four games as uh, those pesky Durham Bulls, the Tampa Bay AAA affiliate, uh, went in and went on and won the Governor's Cup again for a second straight year. So, uh, you know, it was a good run. It was a lot of fun and uh, great to get back into hockey mode now. Playoffs is nothing new to the fans, for hockey at least, in Toledo. And last year, summer started a little bit earlier than they probably wanted it to as the walleye fell to the Comets in the second round. But second straight year with 50 wins, a fourth straight division title. How does the organization view a season like that? Well, I, I still think you take it as a positive. I mean, ultimately, the end goal is to win the, the Kelly Cup, win the championship, be the team that wins your last game of the season, uh, you know, be the last man standing. Unfortunately, as, as you know, DJ, you've been all the way to the final series before. There's so many things that have to go right when you get into the postseason for you uh, to make things happen. I know a couple of years ago the Nailers had everything work out perfectly for them uh, to get to the finals. It, it, it takes a lot. And you're, you're playing so many good teams. The constant best of seven. They can – they can certainly wear you out, and you know you start to get some injuries that happen. Uh, you know things just transpire, and you know what? After Toledo had beaten Fort Wayne a couple of times in previous postseasons, there was that. You know, just it just felt like you know that once that one game, game four, flipped and went uh, to the Fort Wayne Comets, it started to kind of snowball things a little bit. They win game five, they win game six, and the series is over. And yeah, you're certainly disappointed. You hate to start your summer that quickly. But, you know, for the walleye, uh, you know, another great season. And uh, hard to argue when you win 50 games and you win a division title, you get yourself into the postseason, you do a lot of things right. It just didn't end up working out for Toledo to win the championship. Two years ago, the walleye fell in the conference final against Colorado, and a lot was talked about that offseason about making the walleye a bigger team because they felt like they got pushed around by the Eagles. Was there an area of focus this season in building Toledo for the upcoming campaign? You know, I think uh, I think this season for Dan Watson, he, he looked at it as, you know, we still need to improve, and you still need to improve, you still need to add uh, better, even stronger players, uh, not necessarily physically stronger, but just, you know, continue to grow and make this team better. And I think the area of emphasis for him, you would certainly look at the defensive side. Uh, you know, the just signing uh, about a week or so ago was Matt Register. You add him in. He was on that Colorado team that knocked Toledo out two years ago. He was with them again this past year. They, you know, back-to-back. He's won the Kelly Cup three straight years because he was with Allen. Uh, three years ago, he's been a defenseman of the year. Uh, you know, he adds offense, he adds defense. Uh, and then, you know, you look at the, some of the other bigger defensemen that were brought in this year. Uh, I mean, it, it looks like he went after uh, some size defensively, some strength back there defensively, some offensive skill as well. And, you know, and then, uh, and then it's kind of pieced the rest of it together as far as the forwards are concerned to get ready to go for this season. I like to go position by position, and you tackled the defense pretty well there. The big loss defensively for the Walleye seemed to be defensively Simone Denis, but like you mentioned, Matt Register, just a huge addition. Those big offensive numbers, but you look at his size, and 
surprisingly, he's the second smallest on the walleye blue line. Is there something to be said, and I've noticed this with Fort Wayne, with Kalamazoo, of really having a big D group? Does it slow down maybe the smaller, quicker forwards? Well, I think, I think A, you're taking up a lot of space out there. I think, B, your net front presence is so key. Uh, you know, and you got to be able to get players out of the way. And you look at the game itself, it's become a bigger game. Uh, it's still a fast game, and, it's, and there's a lot of speed to it. But when, you, when you're talking about, uh, you know, when you're talking about penalty kill, you're talking about power play, what do you need? You need net front presence, either side of the coin. And since we're talking defensively, let's stay defensively. You want to be able to have guys that can move players from in front of the net on a consistent basis. Uh, and Toledo has that. You know, you saw it last year with Kevin Tanzi, very solid. Uh, you know, good strength right in front of the net there. Now you turn in, you add in a Brendan Kotick uh, out of Greenville, very strong D-man. Uh, Mackenzie Stewart, who I know you're familiar with and Wheeling fans are familiar with because they saw him with uh, Kalamazoo, uh, another strong D-man net front presence. I think that's something you have to have. You have to be able to move and allow your goaltenders to see the puck. Uh, if they can, if they can see it, especially on the power play when the other team is working it around, they're gonna they're gonna give you the saves. So you have to be able to have that net front presence defensively, and it looks like Toledo will have that going into the year. Up front, you have Shane Bursch back, back again, A.J. Jenks back again, who are part of that core, who was with the team all the way back to 2014-15 when the walleye really started to make their runs. But you lose Kyle Bonus, you lose Christian Hilbrick, both to Europe. Two significant players there, income, Greg Wolf, we saw him with Adirondack, Ben Storm played with Colorado last year. Do Wolf and Storm essentially replace what Bonus and Hilbrick would have done, or how do they fit into the fold? Well, Storm's an interesting player because of the fact that he was mainly a defenseman in college and kind of switched over as a pro player into being a forward, and he is a power forward. He's six foot six. He's, he's a big body. Uh, you, you could see from the highlights from Colorado last year, he goes to the net. Uh, he's got a pretty good shot as well from being a D-man that he has taken to the forward side. So looking forward to seeing him up front. Greg Wolf is a scorer, and we know that from his days in Adirondack. He's a, he's a player that can score, and you, you throw him in there. Uh, we know what Bershback can do. We know what Jenks can do. They're going to give you a ton of offense, especially Shane Bershback. He sets up everybody in the moon. you got to always be ready to shoot with Shane Bershback as the puck, uh, as evident over the last four years and all of the numbers that he has, he has put up. And, and I think Dan has gone and – and kind of added in some players that could bring some offensive punch. I'm interested to see Tyler Speeds. I watched him the last four years at Bowling Green. He's an offensive force uh, out of the college ranks. We'll see how he translates in as a young player. Uh, but I think you mentioned a couple of the, the real core guys, the guys that can come in and produce on a consistent basis. You know Wolf's going to produce. He has done it all throughout his career, including last year in Europe. He's going to be producing points for you. So uh, Toledo's got a lot of offense there as well as normal. They, they always seem to have some offensive players. And you know what? When you throw Burst back and Jenks out there, you can't go wrong anyway. In goal, there are six players signed to contracts by either Detroit or Grand Rapids. One of them being Pat Nagel, who won 37 games for Toledo last year. There's also two rookies, Slovakian Patrick Rybar, who will be playing in North America for the first time, and Caden Fulcher, who was the starting goalie last year for the OHL champion Hamilton Bulldogs. 
Any idea how that will shake down, and are they more likely to send Nagel down so that the rookies will each have an experienced partner in the crease? I would imagine that's probably going to be the case, uh, DJ. Obviously, a lot can still happen with the uh, Red Wing camp going on right now, Grand Rapids camp getting fired up soon. Uh, you know, but I would imagine you got six goalies. We're going to see two of them in Toledo. I don't think there's any question about that. It'll just depend on which two. I would guess that you're probably on the right path there, uh, DJ, that, uh, you know, we'll see Pat Nagel and then we'll see one of the younger guys as well and, and just see how they continue to develop, give them an opportunity to play a game or two a week. And, you know, while, while Pat kind of, uh, mentors them along. Pat had a great season last year, Pat Nagel. He was unbelievable and, and really had a good postseason run as well. Uh, Toledo's offense kind of dried up a little bit against Fort Wayne. Uh, but, you know, Pat Pat was very solid. You expect to see another solid season out of him again between the pipes if he's in Toledo. I, I would think you would probably see that. I think you've got the right case there, uh, DJ, that you would see, uh, you know, Pat Nagel and then one of the young guys. Similar to us here in Wheeling, uh, like we talked about with the goaltenders, just a great relationship that Toledo has with Detroit and Grand Rapids. Last year, there were big impact players, Borkowski, Nastasiak, McCarron. Do you have your eye on some players who could trickle down this year from the affiliates? Well, and, you know, we do, obviously. There's some guys that you probably could see uh, in Toledo, uh, you know, but until they get through uh, Detroit camp and Grand Rapids camp, you know, you can never really – uh, go, okay, we know we're going to see such and such and such and such. But there are some good young players uh, that Detroit has signed. Uh, there is there is uh, really good players in Grand Rapids that will be in Grand Rapids camp that we could certainly see down in Toledo at some point during the year. So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, there will still be some good players that come down through the pipeline. I don't think there's any question about that. And Detroit has gotten to the point now where you – and you, you know what? You're seeing it a lot with Pittsburgh, so I'm probably speaking to the choir here. But Detroit's getting to the point now, too, where they, they don't mind having players being in Toledo to develop. I mean, it's the same that you've seen in uh, with Pittsburgh and Wheeling, that they, ha- they have no problem with having their players down in Wheeling because they know they're going to be developed and ready to go for Scranton when they get up there. So – uh, I think it's the same thing we're seeing a lot with the Detroit, same kind of situation. And it's been enjoyable for the fans and uh, looking forward to that continuing. Four straight division titles. You mentioned that the team has a lot of offensive firepower, some big defense. What do you see as this year's identity for the walleye and how do you see it fitting in to the central division? Well, I think you're going to see uh, very similar. I mean, with the way Dan Watson runs things, I think you're going to see a lot of the same features that we've seen the last couple of years for him. He's so detail-oriented that, you know, this is going to be a strong team uh, defensively in their own zone, evident as last year. Uh, This is going to be a team that is going to be very strong on the special teams that is evident last year. That comes from your coaching staff. And when you've got the same coach, head coach, and Dan Watson, the same assistant coach, and Andy Delmore, that will be running the power play again. Uh, that there's going to be some staples there that of what you've seen out of Toledo walleye hockey the last two, three, four years that'll probably continue into this year. There's no reason to change when you have been so successful and the walleye have been more wins than any other team in a four-year span in ECHL history. Uh, yet, yet you keep that train rolling as much as you can, DJ. Nailers will get their first look at the walleye on Education Day, November 13th, and later again in the month on November 24th. Wheeling's first trip to Toledo takes place a few weeks after that on December 8th. 
Eight head-to-head games this year, Matt. Should be fun like always. And thanks so much for taking a few minutes with me today on the Toolbox. Hey, no no problem, DJ. And, you know, certainly looking forward to having Wheeling back in the division. It just hasn't felt right the last couple of years without the Nailers and Walleye, even though they've matched up a good amount of times each and every year. It's just nice to have Wheeling back in that division with Toledo. Our big thanks once again to Matt Melzack, the play-by-play broadcaster for the Toledo Walleye. Matt is one of the veterans in the ECHL and definitely, you can see, has a great grasp on how things will look for the Walleye this season and what we could see out of them as we will play them eight times head-to-head during the upcoming campaign. Wheeling and Toledo. It was really fun a few years ago, despite the fact that, you know, they had the Game 7 overtime win against us in their building. But you could really feel the energy start to rise and the potential of seeing this rivalry start to build up once again. As Matt talked about, having the Nailers in the same division as the Walleye is a great thing. You can get those rivalries built up once again. There has the ability. These two cities have the history with each other. The Thunderbirds in the storm they played for the championship in 1993 there's a lot of opportunity there and the teams usually are always competitive they put good teams on the ice so there's a lot of reason to be excited eight head-to-head meetings and hopefully the nailers will get a chance to right the ship in terms of the season series and finish out on top for the first time since 2013-14 So there's a look at the Toledo Walleye, another one of our Central Division previews. We'll have one more next week, and that will be the last week of the offseason, which is fantastic. Training camp starts October 1st. It'll be an afternoon practice, which will be open to the public. Then the preseason opener will be on October 5th. Nailers taking on the Cincinnati Cyclones at 7.05. That is coming right on up quick. The regular season opener in Norfolk on October 13th. You have the Booster Club bus trip, which has seats available still for it on October 20th to Cincinnati. And then the Nailers home opener to start 2018-19 on November 3rd, a 7.05 faceoff against the Indy Fuel. Individual tickets are on sale by calling 304-234-GOAL. You can also get information about getting a freedom plan, group tickets, season tickets, anything you want, 304-234-4625. I'm DJ Abacella, another edition of the Toolbox is in the books, and we'll talk to you next week.